Welcome to the FaithBridge Sermons Podcast. Today's sermon is brought to you by founding pastor Ken Werline and Asbury Chaplain J.D. Walt and was recorded on Sunday, February 26th, 2023. And hey, if you're ever in the area, join us on Sunday on campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and come say hi in person. And you can also follow us on Instagram at, at FaithBridge to see what goes on during the week. And as always, you can join us every Sunday for our online service called FaithBridge Live at faithbridge.org live. Here's Ken and J.D. Good morning, everybody, whether you're in the live service or communion venue or online, however it is that you're here, we're really glad that you're here. So, you know, last week, Pastor Dan started uh, our three-week mini-series on spiritual gifts during the larger series we're doing this year through the book of Acts. If you missed his message, you can go back and listen or at least grab this QR code that we'll put on the screen right now so that you can do the spiritual gifts inventory that he had us all do last week. But I just felt like I couldn't go on with that mini-series today before spending some time telling you about the Asbury Revival in Wilmore, Kentucky, which my son William and I went to last weekend. I'm telling you, it was so powerful. Even starting outside where we uh, started for the first day among thousands of people wishing to get into the Hughes Auditorium, that's the Asbury University Chapel. Uh, After some time, we made our way to an extension chapel on the seminary campus and that was plenty powerful uh, itself. But deep down, I know that he and I both wished that we could get into the Hughes Auditorium. And it was then that my friend J.D. Walt texted and said, Ken, are you all still here in Wilmore? And if so, do you wanna come in to Hughes? I said, absolutely, wow. And so, he was able to to make that possible for us. Put a prayer partner lanyard around me to make it more official, and I'm telling you, we walked into that room, and wow, the manifest power of God's presence in that room. As I said, I got to be a, a prayer partner, and after praying with many people who came up to the front, I'll tell you, one of my biggest takeaways was just that God was doing a a dislodging uh, through people's confessions and uh, prayer that was happening just as the Holy Spirit was just blasting through and opening things up in their souls. And I would love to tell you more about it today, but in addition to my revived spirit, I also brought home a touch of COVID. Got that figured out Thursday morning when I woke up feeling terrible. What to do? I called none other than J.D. Walt, who was at ground zero and had 
gotten us into the Hughes Auditorium and who's been leading a ministry committed to sowing seeds for a great awakening for more than a decade. It's called Seedbed Publishing. And, and J J JD and I have been friends for more than 25 years and I trust everything he does. And so after John David shares, Lizzie is gonna lead us in an extended time of prayer and the staff and I have been praying all week for you uh, today. And I wanna encourage you to even now be opening your heart up in prayer and asking, Lord, what is it that's jamming things up between me and you? And let's ask God to start doing a dislodging in your heart and in your soul that you might make room for his Holy Spirit to blast through. This is where revival really begins to happen. And after the service uh, is over, we'll have prayer partners up front available to pray with you in person. And it's okay if there's a line. There'll be plenty of time. But now, I'm excited for you to hear from my friend, JD. Would you give him a big Faith Bridge welcome as he comes now? Amen. Well, Kim, we bless you with perfect and full healing in Jesus' name today. The church said, Amen. I want to read a text this morning. I'm not going to preach a sermon. I'm going to tell you a story, but we're, going to, we're just going to lift up a banner of God's word over this story. This is, if anybody needs a Bible, by the way, um, they're coming down the aisles. This will be a gift to you. If you need it, you can take it home with you. I'm going to be in, in John chapter 7, reading a few verses starting at verse 37. Hear the word of the Lord. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. That's the word of the Lord. So, Ken, Ken and I met in this, this little town of Wilmore, Kentucky, population about 4,000, about 20 minutes outside of Lexington, Kentucky. This town has a long history of, of revival. And no one ever sees it coming, even though there's always hope and expectation. There's hopefulness and expectation. But it's, it's been a surprising thing that it has happened again. And it's happened in a way that it's happening. 
And I'm here today to, to bear witness to you um, that it's happening here. It's happening all over the world today. And it's not complicated. It's not really new. It's very simple. It's humble. And it's profoundly real. And I sense if Jesus were to say a word, he's already said it here. He's saying, just like he said there, is anyone thirsty? Hear that word coming to you from Jesus. I wonder if anybody here is thirsty. So May, uh, February the 8th, Wilmore, Kentucky, they have their chapel service. They have three a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And the students are like, you know, it's the kind of thing where you got to like swipe your thing to prove you were there or you're in trouble. <laughs> Not like here where you got to do the QR code to say I was there. It's like, no, it's like we've... You know how that goes. It's like what you got to do, you got to do. And there's a lot of grimacing. They have another chapel on Wednesday, February the 8th. The, the preacher was um, a young man from Lexington who's, he's, he's out of college. He's, I don't know, 24 or 5. He said he was not very prepared for the sermon. After the sermon, he sends his wife a text and he says, another bomb, I'm coming home. Okay. After the chapel, I want to show you what the room looked like. Okay, you see that? It's just a bunch of wooden seats. There's 19 people in there. They're gathered over to the left in a small circle. They're praying together. They're gathered in the middle. And then there's the one guy at the altar. This is like the meme you see on Instagram, how it started. <laughs> Okay. Now let me show you how it's going. Okay, this is what starts happening. Those 19 students just lingered behind. There was no altar call. There was no nothing. It was over. And other students began just to come back to chapel. Unprecedented. You don't do it. They start coming back, and there's like a gravity that's building. I have a son who is a, a senior at Asbury University, so I asked him about it. He was in the chapel, and he was like, you know, nothing special. But all of a sudden, we start hearing that chapel hasn't ended, even though it was over, and these students are lingering there, 19 of them, and then there's 100, and then there's 200, and then there's 500. And what are they doing in there? They're, they're becoming honest with each other, right? They're beginning to talk to, nobody's getting up on the stage, but they're beginning to talk to each other about the gap between 
the truth of God and the gospel and, the, and Jesus, that the, the gap between that and their own experience, right? And they're like, I'm broken. I'm, I'm just tired. We want for Jesus to do something in our midst, and it's not happening. And meanwhile, <laughs> as they're testifying to that to each other, just simple honesty, deep humility, it just begins to happen. And somebody picks up a guitar, and nothing's plugged in, they, they begin to sing, and the next thing you know, it's midnight. Students would say they came in here and they, they turned around and it's two in the morning. There's a famous picture now circulating with a guy carrying his mattress across the campus <laughs> from his dorm to get into the, to the Hughes Auditorium. And it's, it's interesting, you know, there's nothing. The place is special, but it's just like straight out of 1940. You know, you see the, it's antique. This is the image. I don't know. Have you seen it online? Anybody here seen it? It's seen, it's been seen a billion times on TikTok alone. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just gone out there. And we, we would just, we'd continually say, you know, guys, awakening and revival, it's, it's not virality. It's a witness that goes out. And so, this thing is, the word is starting to get out, like the chapel's still going. The news media starts to show up, and they're like, we don't understand this. What is this? What is the meaning of this? Interesting, in the book of Acts, that's what, after the, at the day of Pentecost, and all the happenings there that you all have been studying, the, one of the responses was, what is, what is the meaning of this? That's one question. The next question is then, what, shall, what must we do? What's the meaning? What must we do? That's kind of the questions we're asking ourselves about this. So I start texting some of my friends. I text a friend of mine named Pete Gregg, who is a a leader in the church. He lives in England, and he started 20-something years ago a a ministry called 24-7 Prayer. And so I start texting him, and then he invites me the next day to jump on a Zoom call. And I want to show you this little, these are the little artifacts in my phone. Okay, so here's, he pulls together, like before it's done, like 150 prayer leaders, student leaders from Europe, 40 different countries. And he's wanting me, I got some students together to, to tell them the story. And you would have, these, these people are about to come through the screen because Europe is the only continent in the world on which the church is in decline. And they won't have it. So there's this ministry that's churning all across Europe, and they're becoming attuned to this. And the next day, I get this text message. This is from one of those people, Sarah. Hi, JD. I just crossed the ocean. Sarah Bruhl from Revive Europe. Pete Gregg gave me your number, and I'll be in Asbury in one to five hours. We will be here only for two days to receive impartation to Europe 
and Middle East. We are eight people, Italy, UK, Norway, Finland, Lebanon. Do you think it might be any way we could be in the main chapel? We are happy to split the group or a few people only. And also could be another time during the next two days. Thanks so much. Appreciate anything you could do. I'd love to see you anyway. This is Sarah. She lives in Rome. The next day they're there. And then this starts happening. Let's see this next slide. This is a map. Okay, this is people coming from all over the world. Within a couple of days, every, all 50 states, people are there. Every time there would be a new session begin, we'd say, how many of you here from outside of Kentucky? Every hand in the room. This is an unbelievable gravity that's forming here from a sovereign outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way to understand it. There's nothing that... This is the most unplanned thing you've ever seen. We're meeting with a little leadership team with the college president and their chapel leaders, and we're meeting every three hours to, to talk about the next two hours. It's that kind of thing. And then now I'll show you this one more little piece. There's a, a whiteboard that they put outside. These are the names of all the colleges and universities. People would just write their school on there. They'd be bringing a van, a bus, a car loads, a caravan. And they created a kind of fast pass, like Disney World. If you're a student, you go to the front of the line. And the line stretched for almost a mile. Okay, there's well over, I don't know, 50 to 70,000 people came into this in the course of these 15 days. If you're a student, this, it wasn't, it was all ages, but if you're sort of 25 or under, Gen Z, you go to the front of the line, and you get in. And there were, we had multiple venues opened across the street. Ken spoke of being in one of those. That's one of the great things I love about Ken Werline. Ken's on our board up at the seminary, and he just humbly shows up, and him and his son William just go to one of the alternate venues, and I find out. I'm like, Ken, you got to get over here. Um, and there's a video that went out that he put out. You may have seen it. It's... He's filming one of the lines and how far it stretches. And his son, William, pops into the video. He says, this is not Will Moore. This is Will Most. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Okay, so what's happening here? What, what can I bear witness to that I have seen and touched? Um, pull, pull the slide of the altar. So this, this is an altar that stretches all the way across the front of this auditorium and then all the other sites. And their people have been trained to pray. And this altar is filled the entire time. And it's almost like as you're walking down, it's like you're just, you can just sort of hear the shackles are just all over the floor. People became free. People became saved. Hundreds and hundreds of people came to know Jesus. Thousands and thousands of people were set free from addictions, were set free from anxiety and depression, were healed of physical diseases, were um, completely restored from brokenness that they had carried for years. It was unbelievable. 
And again, so very simple. What, what's happening in this move is that hunger is meeting up with honesty. And when hunger, when a person gets in touch with their hunger and they become honest about it in themselves, that's humility. That's just keeping it real. That's, that's what humility is, hunger meeting honesty. And then faith begins to rise up. And the love of God, faith is like a magnet for the love of God. The love of God is being poured out and it meets faith. And that's what awakening is. That's like a fire that begins to burn. And then people begin to just fan that fire. And it becomes a bonfire. And then I remember the president of the school, he, he, he said once, he's in the midst of this, he said, you know when a fire is at its very hottest? It's not at its highest. A fire is at its hottest when it's in the embers. And that's where it can be spread. And that's kind of what I feel like I have here today is just some embers to give, to, to say, what I have, I give you. And it's nothing that it was mine. But this is what can happen in your heart and in your home and in this church and in this city. And this is the desperate need of our time. It's not some crazy, wacky, religious spectacle, but a humble, simple outpouring of the love of God on our land, in our time. Guys, things aren't, we all know things aren't gradually getting better, are they? And they're not apt to just recover. It's going to take a move of God. And this is happening now in our time. It is going out. It is being shared. It is springing up on other college campuses. There's no particular sign of it like, oh, well, they just started a meeting and it hasn't stopped. That's not the marker of it. The marker is people turning toward one another and just becoming real human beings. Hunger, thirst, becoming honesty, becoming prayer. That's the thing. This, this was a house of prayer. It was a house of worship. There were these students that were leading worship. I mean, meanwhile, you've got like Carrie Job and Corey Asbury and I don't want to call them celebrities. I mean, there's the tendency to say, well, this was, this was a nameless, faceless deal. These people are coming, Louis Giglio, all, all the people were Jenny Allen. They're just coming in to witness it, right? So many people have sown into this for so long, and they're coming to to see it and to become carriers of it. And none of them wanted to get on the stage. None of them did. It was, 
unknown people. People who didn't even, nobody still knows their name. Nobody ever will. But it was, uh, they didn't have like, there was no production. There were no lights. There was no fog. There was no words. There were no screens. Everybody knew every word of these songs and they never stopped singing. They would bring a, a group of students. They would, a person would, this was the kind of order of it. They would say, okay, we're going to create a little space here for testimonies. We're going to take 15. We'll have seven here and seven here. Eight, that's eight, seven and eight. Okay, that's 15. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'd completely lost track of time and thing. We got there a couple of weeks ago. First thing we did was cancel our return flights. And we just dove in. And we were just stagehands. We were not leading it, okay? Trust me. We were just helping around the edges, our little team with the college, who was extraordinary to just hold the door open. I mean, most colleges would have shut that thing down in two days. This went on for 15 days. So we'd say, we want testimonies. There would be a couple of people who would vet the testimonies, right? It's not just pure open mic. Because these things attract crazies, let me tell you. We'd vet the testimonies. The rules were A, B, C, D, all about Jesus. B, be brief. C, current. Don't give us the story from camp four years ago. Current. And D, don't preach. And then 25 and under. We favored the young. And so the testimonies be vetted. Once somebody would hold the mic and they would tell the story. I remember one guy, he stands up and he says, you know, he says, when I came here, I was so far from God. He said, I've walked with God before, but I have gone to God for forgiveness over and over and over again, so much that I can't go anymore. I just, I'm lost and I'm far from God. And he said, I have been completely embraced by God in this meeting and I totally feel free and alive and I'm back. And so we'll say, like, I wonder, is there anybody else here who's carrying that kind of burden? hundred people stand up. And then this guy, I'll say, would you, would you just, what, you, what I have, I give you. Will you pray for these people who are standing just where you stood? Other people begin to gather around him, just place a hand on him. He starts praying. A den of prayer just begins to rise. It's like a travail and it's just like freedom is falling. And these people are like bre bre breaking free. We saw that happen with, for instance, addiction to pornography. We saw that happen with anxiety, with overwhelming depression, with the spirit of death, with suicide. I mean, all these things just over time begun to be taken on because God is doing something and it's it's happening. It's miraculous. And then the altar is open and people just begin to continuously come and they're being prayed for and God is speaking over them. And these prayer ministers are simply trying to declare what God is decreeing over them. And it's, it's very demanding, but it's not hard. 
It's, um, it's very simple. And it's all the stuff that we've, many of us have seen happen in small ways throughout church. It's happened here many times. But there was something about the quality of hunger. And that's when you look at and you see these people lining up 10-hour lines in 20-degree weather, and nobody's complaining. And then people start going out and praying for people in the lines. And everything that's happening in this room is happening out on the street. And it's happening on multiple college campuses and other places. 170 different schools, I believe, showed up in this little town over these days. I remember this one eighth grade girl that she came up to me and I, I write this thing every day called the wake up call and she, and she comes up to me and she says, I read your wake up call every morning. I'm like, wow. And then she said, when I came in here, I just felt completely numb inside. I had no sense of life in me. She said, I have suffered with severe anxiety. I'm like, man, I'm glad my writing is helping you. (laughs) She said, I've suffered with so much anxiety. And she said, I live in the utter fear of what other people think about me. And I feel like kids look down on me at my school. I just feel so alone and lost. And I mean, that's, that's common among our young today. Anyway, she said, this lady came and prayed for me. She said she placed her hand on me and she said, I felt fire inside of me. And she said, I was completely free. I was completely like alive. And so she just starts crying right there and her tears were just so full of joy. And she And there was a lady with her. I said, I made the ultimate compliment. I said, is this your mom? She said, oh, no, I'm her grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) And her grandmother was just in disbelief. But this is the kind of thing that it's just happening over and over and over again. I I remember praying with another. This, This mom comes up to me. This is almost like a New Testament scene. Y'all are studying Acts of the Apostle. It was like it was happening. I just got the picture of like when Jesus is at his mother-in-law's house and the entire town shows up at the door and it says he just, he, he, he went out there and ministered to people all night long. That's what this thing felt like. It was just, there's a gravity here that's not attached to a personality. It's not attached to anyone's fame. It's not attached to an institution or a denomination. This is none of it. It was just God moving and working. It was like Jesus was there, which we believe. <laughs> but when it happens, you're like, oh, this is how it, this is how it happens. This is what it looks like. It looks kind of ordinary, but very supernatural. So this this mom comes up and she says, you know, we just, we had to bring our daughter. She's, you know, 18 and she's lost. She is so hurting. 
And so I just circled her mom and dad. I said, well, let's just pray for her. So we start praying. When I look up, the daughter has come over and joined the prayer, and she's just, her tears are just streaming down her face. And I said, could, could we go over to the altar and pray together? And I just, as we knelt down, I, I'll often say to people who come for prayer, I'm like, is there, is there a word that you could put on what's going on inside of you right now? Could you just put any word around it to help us to, to try to hear what word God is saying? And she said, just through tears and just a broken voice, I need help. I need help. That's what Gen Z is crying out all over the world. They're crying out, I need help. They're looking for spiritual parents. They're looking for real friends. They're looking for something that their phone can't ever deliver. They're, they're looking for freedom from this super tide of anxiety, from addiction, from self-condemnation. And Jesus has every bit of that in spades. He has it all. And he's looking for his church. Not to gin it up, not to become like the experts, but to say, Jesus, we receive what you have for us, for them. Bless us to make us a blessing. We need you. We are thirsty, Jesus. We're hungry. And we're becoming honest, which is the move to humility. And God loves the humble. He's drawn to the weak. He loves people that know they can't do it, who will look to him. And what we're seeing in this, this we, we were hesitant to call it a revival. That's such a loaded term. Historians can figure out what it is and was. We know it was and is and remains an outpouring. That something is being poured out, and it's not local. That just happened to be what I heard someone call a first fire, like a first fruit. It was a first fire. And the embers are being carried out all over the, all over the world. That's what's so surprising. This is a, this is a little town that is... Nowheresville. Just one more time, just that, um, that empty room, that first slide. That's what awakening looks like. It looks like a few people who linger. 19, 19, 19 students, they just stayed behind. And then look at that map, pull up that map slide one more time. <laughs> Within days, this is, this is what it looked like. And there's a map dot right here. And I believe Jesus 
already is imparting this to people in this room. He's imparting it to hearts. There's awakening that's beginning to like, it's like hope, right? There's a shift from hopefulness, like, oh, we're hopeful, to actual durable hope. Like, this is real. This is happening. And I just want to be open to receive I want to be a carrier of this. I know I don't have what the people around me need, but I know Jesus does, and I know he will engage me to share it with them. That's, so let's, we're going to have some prayer here, and we'll stay around as long as anybody wants to stay around. And um, come for your heart. Come for your home. Come for this church. Claim, Faithbridge, claim. Claim a share for Houston. Claim a share for Houston right here today and for the city and for the world. So they're going to lead us here and our prayer. We have some people who are ready to pray. I'm going to be down here and um, let's, I'll just open us now. Come Holy Spirit. I invite you to stand where you are and I invite you just to open your hands in front of you. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you. You are amazing. And we thank you for what you're doing now, for how you're stirring in our time, in our land. And I just say to you, I receive what you have for me. I want all that you have for me. I want all that you have for my children, for my parents, for my family. I want all that you have for my neighbors. I'm ready to move into this new day and not look back. I want to stand. I want to be a part of the community under this outpouring. We pray this for Faith Bridge. Let this be a house, a community formed under an outpouring of the Spirit, Jesus being raised up, manifest. This is a house of healing. This is a house of restoration. This is a house where ashes are turned into beauty, where mourning gives way to dancing. How we need you in our time, Lord. We thank you for this small move that's becoming a great fire. Take us close. In Jesus' name. And the house said,